0: Five ways to sell SEO to your C-suite with Anna Bravington. The In Search SEO podcast is brought to you by SimilarWeb, helping you build better SEO strategies with digital intelligence, insights, and data. Hey, it's David. How do you get more SEO buy-in in your organization? You need to sell SEO to your C-suite. That's what we're talking about today with a biscuit-loving cat fanatic who brings business and marketing together, creating strategies that both the audience and C-suite love. She's co-founder of marketing strategy consultancy, Those That Dare. A warm welcome to the In Search SEO podcast, Anna Bravington.
1: Hi, nice to be here.
0: Hey, Anna, thanks so much for joining. Well, you can find Anna over at thosethatdare.com. So, Anna why do you need to sell SEO to your C-suite?
1: Well, the C-suite are a funny old lot, aren't they? And um, <laughs> one of the problems that I find is that SEO as is an, is an organic channel, it's harder to measure and it's a much more long-term game. And any, probably most SEOs will know that a lot of the c suite do love something that's very short-term and very measurable. And they love to go towards sort of paid performance marketing because, you know, you put some money in, money out, and it's trackable on a spreadsheet, particularly if you're on e-commerce or have got a really good tracking system, you can kind of tell what the return on investment is. A lot of C-suites can see that and it's visible, but they don't understand that the return on investment is not as good as you might get with longer term brand building and organic channels such as SEO. And The reason that uh, CEOs and CFOs love this is that a lot of CEOs are from a finance and operations background. This is why they love spreadsheets and they like things to happen immediately because if you cost cut or you make a change in sort of operations, it tends to be immediately visible in the next few months' spreadsheets. So this is sort of about helping the C-suite to understand the value of SEO to get you more buy-in, more budget and a bit more kudos, and to stop the micromanaging constantly.
0: So the C-suites are a funny old lot. Is that what you say to them when you meet them for the first time?
1: Some of them. Some.
0: <laughs> well, t- today you're sharing five ways to sell SEO to your C-suite. So starting off with number one, a written down strategy.
1: So I came across some stats recently around how many marketers in general write down their strategy. And it was uh, 36% of marketers don't document their strategy at all. And around 47% only document part of their strategy. That leaves, I think, oh God, my maths is failing me today. It's about 17% that actually document the whole lot. So um, everyone who's listening is going to be trying to calculate it now to see if I'm right. So... This surprised me because if you have a documented strategy, it's your North Star, it's your guidance, it's the way that you can sense check every action you do to make sure it's going on the same path. If it's not documented, the other problem is that you, it's hard to share with your C-suite because they need to see what's happening. They don't, a lot of C-suite don't understand marketing. So if you're giving them a strategy and saying, this is the direction we're heading, this is why, it helps with that buy-in a little better. And there's some really good stats. I think with the same place as marketers are 414% more likely to have successful marketing if they document their strategy. And for all those reasons that I've discussed um, just now. And I think people need to understand as well, when they document a strategy, It's a living, breathing document. So strategies, people tend to think are fixed, but actually they're a hypothesis of what you think is going to happen. So, and that's where we come unstuck with C-suite as well, because we'll say this is the direction we're taking. And if we deviate from that, then they get in a bit of a fluster because we've said this is the direction we're taking. So when I say to people about documenting your strategy, I mean, you include the insight of, where, why are you thinking the way you're thinking? What is the insight that's told you this? A conclusion, I call it a conclusion, but it's an open conclusion. We think because of this information, this is direction we should head. and then you've got your measurement, and we're going to measure success in this way. And by doing that with the strategy, if you're measuring it and it's not meeting your conclusion, you know that you can need to pivot it, but you need to make sure that your C-suite understands that it's a working and living breathing document as well. And that way, you can kind of take them on the journey with you as well. So this is the strategy. This is how we're moving. This is how we're remaining agile, and they love data and insight. A lot of C suites. So you're giving them a reason why you're doing stuff as well.
0: What's an example of the north star that you're talking about?
1: Yeah, I mean everything. I always think of it a bit like a map. You know, when you're traveling somewhere and you need to know which direction you're going, otherwise you're going to end up in a lake or something. You need this this guiding point that says, we're heading in this direction. We are, for example, if we are looking to produce growth in the business over, you know, the business wants to produce, you know, 10% growth, I'm just picking a random number, 10% growth in customers over the next year or two, then that's the company's North Star. And then you, It could be like a temporary more star. It could be a short-term one. Strategies don't always have to be long-term. Then your strategy needs to point towards that star as well. So if we're going to produce customer growth, how are we going to do that? And because if you then started doing lots of SEO activity around uh, maybe customer satisfaction, that's deviating from that, that direction because we're looking at growth, not satisfaction, although they might be linked. So, you, you know, you could start going veering off into different, you know, into Timbuktu and, and not being in the right direction. So it's making sure that everything's aligning to that goal that you need to get to.
0: Great advice. And in order to determine that goal, I would imagine that um, it's a conversation with the C-suite as opposed to you suggesting that goal
1: most of the time. that This is the problem that a lot of marketeers have is that sometimes the C-suite do not communicate their goals, which can make your job a lot harder. If you're in a bigger, more formalized business, that often makes it easier. If you've, they've got shareholders, there's often company reports and company goals that you get each year. So that makes it a little bit e- easier. But If you're struggling to understand that, you have to be quite proactive about it and you have to go and talk to the C-suite and say, right, I need a direction to go because otherwise I might be pushing the wrong thing. So it's been quite forceful. I've sat down with the CFO and the CEO before and said, look, I need a direction to go. What do you want this company? What do you want in three months, six months, 12 months, a year, five years? And made them commit to something and sort of then obviously write it down in an email and send it back to them so that it's in writing <laughs> and say right these are my understanding the goals. <laughs>
0: this is what you've agreed to, by the way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's what I do. So it, it's really important because if they're not, if you're not getting them, and a lot of companies I do know, it's really difficult, and they change their goals every five minutes. But if you're doing a formalized meeting, forcing them to share their goals and writing them down and feeding them back to them you've got a better chance of everyone sticking to them. And it's actually really useful to talk to other teams as well and make sure they're all on the same page with the goals as well. I find in marketing, sometimes you just have to be really proactive and take charge. Like I said, sometimes you have to manage
0: upwards. I- I'm majoring on this first point here. We do have a few points to go through obviously as well, but I'm particularly interested in, in getting this goal set. And um one question, one further question that I have in relation to that is um, what happens if the c suite say to you, well, you're the marketer, you're the one that should be setting the goal?
1: I mean, I'd be worried if they said that because it's a business goal that you need rather than a marketing goal. So it is a worry. Maybe just leave your job at that point if they don't know their business goals. <laughs> it's a, It is a worry because as a business leader, they should have what they want to happen in the goal. But you're right, they may not have it and they may put it back on marketing. And then when we suggest goals, they do need to be business orientated. So I'm quite lucky that I've got a bit of a business background as well. So I'm an ex-business mentor. I've worked with a lot of startups and businesses. So I find it easier to set business goals. I actually always suggest that if you're a marketer going on, business courses is actually really useful things like mbas and that are actually really useful as well to understand how business goals are set you know things like okrs you know how how people measure in business goals because you can set them so the goals need to be business level at this stage and so things like you know engagements and things like that are not appropriate for the top level goals they need to be about growth return on investment some sort of business function that you can then translate into marketing so you, you i have come up with my own in the past and be like right we want to grow customers in the business by let's just assume a 10% in the next two years i've said right does that sound good does that sound like something you'd like yeah oh yeah it does yeah that sounds good And then we're create so you can start suggesting stuff but you you ha- The data comes in then because you need to know what's reasonable as well because you don't want to say you can grow in 10 years, uh, 10, 10% years in two years if the company hasn't grown for five years and is struggling and there's other departments and things in play like bad customer service and this, that and the other. So you've got to take a lot into account. This is where business courses can really help you look at the business holistic overview of things to understand from marketing. Because marketing is really a whole business exercise, you know, it affects pricing. It affects customer service. It affects everything. So having that overview is really good. And you know, I know that people listen were thinking, "Well, SEO is just part of marketing." But even from channel specific level, having that understanding of how SEO affects the entire business is really, really important. With my recent Brighton SEO talk, I gave an example of where I found out commercial were desperately trying to get rid- clear the warehouse of gaming chairs. <laughs> And a bit of a random one, but they desperately need to get rid of these gaming chairs. It was getting close to Christmas and gaming chairs sell really well. We'd just launched a gaming chair hub that had not consulted SEO, so it was performing really badly. So we did a short-term digital PR campaign that pushed through to the gaming chair page to boost its rankings. And uh, we got results quite quickly. We managed to shift gaming chairs quicker. <laughs> And, uh, you know, so commercial happy, so C-suite happy, because it was a it was a more whole business exercise. So thinking about SEO in the wide part of business, how can you help as, as part of the business?
0: Yeah, absolutely. G- great points there. I mean, it's kind of like seasonality, or what products are more important to push at certain times of year, as opposed to actually just doing keyword research and going, these are the opportunities. Well, not necessarily from a business perspective. But once you've actually defined your goals with the C-suite, step number two is bring them on the journey. How do you go about doing that?
1: So as I mentioned before, that half of C-suite are from, um, of CEOs are from finance and operations background. So, and I think it's about five to 15% are from marketing backgrounds, but actually even the marketing ones have not been in marketing for a long time. So everything has changed. And it's a bit like, you know, when you go on a car journey and you fall asleep and then suddenly you wake up and you look out the window and you have no idea where you are.
0: <laughs> Not when I'm driving, hopefully.
1: Where am I? What's going on? And I feel like that's probably how they feel, the C- CEOs and the C-suite. I thought I knew marketing. Hang on. What's going on? I don't know where I am. What, why are we doing this? It doesn't make sense from my knowledge from 10 years ago or, you know, because that's probably the last time someone talked to them about marketing and in depth. So I actually do marketing on 101s with this entire C-suite and it's brand versus sales activation. You know, the real basic looking at stats. So if we haven't got any internal stats, looking at stats from elsewhere in our industry, what channels bring the best for internal investment? Which ones should we potentially try or why do we need to make this change? Um, for example, in one business I worked with it was very low margin and we were doing a lot of paid and paid and low margin do not. Always equate to good return on investment. They look like they're getting a lot of sales, but they were losing most of their margin in the paid. So looking at statistics of why a better return on investment channel might suit that business better. And that business we particularly ramped up Digital SEO content, which was great for them. So it's it's looking at how they understand what you're doing. And my presentations to them have been: here's the channels we do these are long-term ones. These are short-term ones. These ones are going to bring you, bring you better return investment. But look, we're not doing many of these. And one of the stats that C-Suite love is return on investment. So keep coming back to that all the time, return on investment, return on investment, which channels are going to bring the better ones. And then I educate them on the fact that sales activation and sort of short-term channels, you just have to keep paying them. And then as soon as you drop, drop paying them, you stop getting activity and then you're paying and, and you drop. So sort of showing them that you end up in this continuous cycle of paying out to get customers rather than the longer term strategies that build customer base and, and traffic over time. When I've given these presentations, a lot of people go, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know why we were doing these different types of channels. I didn't understand why they wanted to do content because we couldn't measure it. Also, you know, working with them to understand how we can measure things and what will work for them and come into a compromise because, you know, these channels are quite hard to measure. So there are systems we can get in that we can measure brand uplift, different ways of doing things. Can we get customer panels to see how they're feeling about us? How can we be clever about measuring it? So I tend to work with a C-suite to understand that with us all together. And one of the first things that I actually do to start this process, particularly when you're new into the business or if you've not done this before, is I do interviews with the C-suite. I love an interview. And I sit them down, I interview them. I say, what are your business goals? What do you like about marketing? What don't you like about marketing? What do you understand? What is it you don't understand? Are there any struggles you have? What's your frustrations? And you can get it all out in the open. And then from there, you'll know what, what education you need to do with them, where you need to communicate and how you need to communicate with them and it's opening that dialogue really early on so that's really important
0: and step number three show the value to them so is that the the measurements the focus on return on investment that you were talking about
1: yeah i the thing with a lot of marketing measurements is that the c-suite just don't understand them so what does engagement mean to my business what does backlinks mean to my business You know. What what do these mean to my business? So does more backlinks mean I'm going to get more traffic? Does it mean that we're going to sell more high ticket products? What does that mean to me? And that sort of actually goes into step three, which is the next one. So I'll cover a bit of that already because it's about showing a value to them and a value in the terms that they can understand. Because if they do not understand marketing and they don't understand, we might think Oh, well, wow, more traffic. Obviously, that means we're going to get more more customers, you know, because we've got traffic, they're coming through to the pages. They don't understand that. They need to see how you connect the dots together. You've got backlinks, traffic, they're visiting a page. You know, I've done sort of content and, and sort of traffic funnels and journeys where I've looked at the engagement rate at each stage and showed them where our current engagement rates are. And if we put more people in the top of the funnel from sort of brand building and SEO, then if we put more in here, how much does that equate to the coming out the bottom of our current conversion rates? But what if we up those conversion rates? You've got to be really work through with them how marketing works from everything from the entire funnel. If we're doing this activity, how does it affect coming out the other end? and really explain everything to them so they understand. And I I know that it feels frustrating for a lot of people because I say, well, why does marketing have to do that? Why can't we just do our jobs? But it's not just marketing that gets quizzed like this. The finance team gets quizzed like this. Operations teams, I've been in these meetings. It's really, they're like, why are we paying on lighting? Why are we doing this? It's not just marketing. It's just that marketing they don't understand as much because, because they're not all from marketing backgrounds, so we have a, just an extra bit of education that we need to do.
0: And marketers maybe take it personally because they're more creative and they want to be spoken to nicely.
1: <laughs> yeah, I th- I think that's the thing is you know marketing I think is 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 a really interesting one because I don't think people understand how technical it is. You know, particularly SEO and stuff like that. And actually, we can talk to the C-suite on a really technical level, on levels that they understand. We just need to know how to do it. And I must admit, in any training that I've ever had from marketing, no one has ever talked to me about how to do business goals, how to connect with business goals, how to work with the C-suite. It's a really weird missed area, I find, in a lot of the marketing education that we've had because it's something that really really needs done in practicality and yet sometimes I feel like this is why they they see us as as marketing as fluffy because we we don't have those business sections in a lot of a lot of courses which is very strange I think because marketing is a really serious topic and you know we're all working in the business and trying to get the business more money so it's it's a weird gap I feel somewhere there
0: okay so Using goals, understanding business language, that's really step four, isn't it? Translate it into their language, or is there anything that you'd like to add to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, once again, I, I love my stats. And I saw one recently, which was that 58% of CEOs uh, think that marketing speaks their own language. So well over half. And actually, there was a really interesting post by the uh, Tom Fishburn, the marketoonist, the other day, and he'd been to I think it was the Cannes, Leon's um, Marketing Festival. And they were talking about there about that's where the connection's missing, that they think that business, you know, marketers do not speak this business language, language. We're talking in all our metrics are really confusing. And he also said in his post, I think it was the DMA Awards, where they had people submit marketing awards. They'd calculate how many different metrics people had used, you know, across all of these campaigns, it's 150 different metrics that people had used to sort of show results in their marketing campaigns. And he, Mark, uh, Tom Pitt Fisherman was saying, well, if it, us as marketers can't agree on how the metrics we're going to use to show success. And 150 metrics seems incredibly large, but actually not unusual. And no wonder actually the C-suite are getting confused because you know, that is a huge number. With this 150 metrics, how do they relate to the business? And every marketing, like head of marketing or, or marketing person might use different metrics when they come into the business. They've just got used to one set of metrics and the next person uses different ones. So actually, that is really important to, to show them in their language. And things like, for I guess, SEO, it's just things like, how is SEO helping us hit our target? You know, is it performing better or worse than normal? Uh, what does SEO need to reach the target? You know, what do we do next and why? It's not always about the figures. It's a very high list, a holistic overview, this high level overview of where SEO is and and how it's bringing the business forward. And then have your metrics if they want to dig deeper. But you're needing to communicate and show value in this very high level. Business language—it's a bit like doing a pitch for new investors. You know, if you've got a startup, it's that business language you need to talk uh, talk to. It's you're pitching marketing to your C-suite most of the time.
0: And it's not just one conversation and then it's done because step five is keep communication open.
1: It is. Um, So we talked about the marketing strategy. You know, if you've got an SEO strategy it's not a one time document you need to keep that open if you've give, if you've shown everyone this strategy then you need to show like are we still meeting the strategy is it still fit for purpose are we getting to the metrics if not why not and so you don't like don't need to show them all the metrics you know that we're doing it's those sort of questions are we is it still fit for purpose are we going what's happening that might make this strategy change you know covid was a great example but things like cost of living crisis things like, the, you know, this government's budget, what's happening that we might have to pivot this and tell them early if you can, if you know it's coming, because what happens is you'll say we've pivoted marketing and I was like, what, what, why, why, what's going on? You know, it could be SEO, you know, obviously, you know, human content updates, things like this that happen. If you know things are coming, let them know. But as soon as they happen, say, everyone, just to let you know, We've had this major update. This is the big thing that we ha- that's happening. How is this going to affect SEO in terms of the business side of it? We're going to get less traffic. We're going to get less sales. We need to pivot. This is why we're pivoting, and why it's keeping people up to date. Because otherwise, if you didn't tell them, and then you got to your next update, and things are completely changed, then they're not going to know why it's happened, and they'll have to be caught up to speed. So that proactive, just making sure people know what's happening. I find that that really helps because when you need to pivot, they trust you more and you don't have to go through 10 levels of sign off because they know, okay, she's told me why we need to pivot. We've got the strategy. We know that we're not going to meet the strategy from a business perspective. So we need to pivot to meet that. And this is why, and this is how we're going to do it. That way they know that you're keeping them on track all the time. Because once again, it's that, Falling asleep in the car, they could easily fall asleep in the car again if you're not updating them. And then they'll get confused when the next thing happens.
0: Let's finish off with the Pareto Pickle. Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. What's one SEO activity you would recommend that provides incredible results for modest levels of effort?
1: So I'm going to go with digital PR side of SEO. We know it's a bit of a controversial topic, but the reason I've picked this is because. If you, what I did is I, when I was trying to get buy-in for SEO and struggling with SEO, I ramped up some very short digital PR campaigns. And because you can get a lot of traffic very quickly with those, and one of them we only spent a couple of grand on, and it was a huge, it ended up being huge. It's a really good topic. And what we could do is when we were trying to get buy-in for SEO, we said, well, if we show you this we'll show you this topic, we'll do some digital PR. We ramped it up over two weeks, we got some activity, we got some traffic, it went through to the SEO sort of helped some of the pages we were linking to and then we could show that we got some sort of activity from it, we got some sales from it and it was a really good test project for showing actually this is a short-term game but SEO has long-term games as well. So it was really, it was fantastic. That's why I've picked it because actually... You can ramp up quite a small digital PR campaign very quick, get some results, use it as a test bed and say, but actually long-term SEO generally, you'll get these really good results too. So, um, I mean, it is a bit of effort because you need to know how to contact people and that, but it's it's generally um, a really good way to do it.
0: I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Anna Bravington over at those that dare.com. Anna, thanks so much for being on the InSearch SEO podcast. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Similar Web Platform over at SimilarWeb.com.